0: This episode is really special. This is for those days that seem hopeless, the moments that feel insurmountable, the challenges that never stop. This is the story of not just surviving, but thriving. And this is Brandon Mao. At three years old, Brandon was diagnosed as a juvenile type 1 diabetic. Later in life, he grew to be a brittle diabetic, underwent nine surgeries, lost a kidney, told that death was imminent, and raised over $250,000 to pay out-of-pocket for a life-saving pancreas-only transplant. And after all that, he's here on this podcast to tell us how he overcame the odds. If you're looking for hope, keep listening. If you want to learn how to become a better advocate for yourself, this is your guy. And if you want to be inspired, look no further, as Brandon tells us all that and so much more on this week's The Chronic Illness Playbook. Hey everyone, Joe here with just a quick little audio footnote before we start the program. Uh, The first couple minutes of this podcast, there is a slight small beep in the background that happens every couple minutes or so. Uh, don't be alarmed. It is not your microwave. It is not your refrigerator or dishwasher. We do take care of it, and it does go away. So enjoy the program. So welcome back, everyone, to another week on the Chronic Illness Playbook. I am very excited to talk to Brandon Mao today. If you're interested in following Brandon, he is at, you can find him on Instagram at Brandon Mao official. So Brandon, we have a lot to talk about. You have a fantastic, not a fantastic story, but it is a definitely an epic story. So first of all, thank you so much for being on the program. Today. Hey,
1: thank you so much for having me. I, I this is
0: a privilege and an honor to be able to talk to you. Well, that, that makes me feel so nice. This is great. So uh, right off the bat, I, I, I did a ton of research on you. Uh, you you've done some great podcasts. And if anybody is interested in the full detailed story of Brandon, absolutely please go and go on his Instagram, on his website. You can find the many podcasts he's been on. It is definitely an epic story. And so the thing I'm really interested in talking to you about today is the practical nature of living with this legendary story. What you do on a day-to-day basis, the things that keep you going, the products, the practices, all of that stuff. So just to set the table, Uh, And it is a very long story, so I won't make you go into every twist and turn and the cruise ship and the roommate and all of that good stuff. But if you could just give us the elevator pitch of your health journey.
1: Yeah, so I'll break it down for you. The quickest thing that I can tell you, diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic at the age of 3, didn't know a life without diabetes, having to do insulin injections, testing my blood, eating correctly, all that kind of stuff um, for my entire life, because since the age of three, um, I, I didn't know a life without diabetes in my late twenties. I had a two kidney stones, the size of my thumbnail, which damaged my kidney enough to where it was, um, irreparable damage where it it just, it wouldn't function. So after they had a bunch of surgeries to fix it, As a diabetic, you don't want to lose a kidney. They ended up having to take the kidney out, which then turned me into a brittle, hypoglycemic, unaware diabetic. So I went from being a well-controlled diabetic, you would never know there was anything wrong with me, to a point where, Mm -hmm. uh, hey, now I can't control what I'm doing, and every day uh, is kind of a death sentence because when your body can't process food and and use insulin – to make you live you have a problem and uh, after years of doctoring i finally found one who referred me to get a transplant which never even crossed my mind and that is what ended up saving my life
0: so it was a, a pancreatic transplant is that
1: correct yeah, a, a pancreas so it's, it's specific so it's a pancreas only transplant And generally, uh, pancreas transplants come with kidneys because when you have kidney failure, you kind of start turning into a diabetic or because of like diabetes or another related disease, Um, they can give you a pancreas with it and you get both. But with mine, it was, I only needed the one (laughs) uh, organ and it's very rare to do a pancreas only
0: transplant. So you didn't get the combo meal, you got the a la carte, you just wanted the... The, the one pancreas yeah
1: exactly e- even though they removed a kidney it's like you can live your whole life on it on a kidney so we're just going to leave that alone
0: got it there's a, a sitcom out right now that just started uh, it's about somebody who is who needs a kidney and you know they go about it in an unconventional way uh, you also went about uh, your transplant in a slightly unconventional way having to raise two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Um, yeah. Yeah,
1: So, you know, one of the biggest things that has happened to me or let anyone with chronic illness is the affordable care act. Have we, if we did not have the affordable care act, as someone with a pre-existing condition, we're not entitled to coverage. <laughs> we can be discriminated mm-hmm. against. And when that got passed, I was able to move jobs because at the time I was working as a teacher because you get health insurance as a teacher. And I was able yeah. to switch careers around and change my life because of it. And now, um, here I am with a, with with the affordable care act working in my favor only to find out that a pancreas only transplant is considered <laughs> not medically necessary and therefore an optional coverage within the affordable care act meaning insurances can choose whether or not they want to cover that specific transplant and Got none it. of them did none of them would consider it
0: every every bill everything that goes through congress it's it's amazing the amount of the minutia that goes into it and i it's wonderful the advocacy that you're doing because if there was that lobbyist if there was that advocate on the hill you're talking to the right people you know that could have been something that could have been put in there. so you've you've got some work ahead of you and you're definitely needed in this community. so you know buckle up.
1: yeah, and it just has to change one word from optional to <laughs> to guaranteed. That's it
0: one word uh, that's and i I don't know. Are you a fan of the office at all?
1: It is my favorite show.
0: okay. So there is a scene where Michael doesn't understand something and needs somebody to explain it to him. And he's having Oscar explain some financial thing to him about the company. And he's like, explain to me like I'm eight. And Oscar does. And Michael still doesn't get it. And then he's like, how about explain to me like I'm five. So for somebody with type one diabetes. If you were explaining it to me, like I'm five, how would you explain it?
1: Diabetes means your body doesn't work correctly. And if you eat something, you have to take medicine with it in order for your body to function. Without the medicine, you cannot live. And so it, it it goes hand in hand. You need you you need the food, and you and you need the and you need the medicine to live. And without either of them, you're you're just you're not going to survive. Got
0: it. And so with uh, having the you know your transplant and the type one diabetes, has that left you uh, immunocompromised?
1: Yes. Um, so they measure it based on... I'll explain a little bit. They measure that based on your white blood cell count. If you have a very mm-hmm. low white blood cell count, it, it means your immune, uh, immune system is suppressed very, very far. Um, I Last weekend... I was in the hospital getting uh, treated for organ rejection. I, I have chronic mild organ rejection and it, and so we got, we had that treated and so that suppressed my immune system even more because my body is trying to fight the organ. And um, so with the organ comes medication that you have to take the rest of your life that suppresses your immune system. And the question is, how far does it go? And for each person, it's different.
0: Got it. And uh, I, I don't know if this is personal information, but I, I saw that you may you're a Cedars guy. Is that is that where your doctors are? Yeah. Are you
1: a- I, so my transplant was done at Mayo Clinic in Arizona. It was the yeah. ol, it was the only place that would that would do it with having to. Pay cash and all that kind of stuff. They did a fantastic job. I don't want to live in Arizona, so <laughs> I came. I'm, I'm Southern California, born and raised. I came back yeah. to California and was able to transfer my care to Cedar Sinai.
0: Got it. I just I, I like seeing Cedars fam. You know, I'm I'm yeah. part of the Cedars family as well. That's where where my heart guy is. So it's a a great great system, great hospital. I, I know their emergency room well if anybody has any questions or you know concerns so
1: they're they're yeah. really good there yeah
0: so you're immunocompromised and we're in the middle of a global pandemic have there been any uh, habits or practices that you've started in the past 9 months um to protect you from the uh, coronavirus uh, and have any of those practices or uh, habits have they helped you at all? Have you enjoyed doing anything that you've now changed?
1: So before the pandemic came around, I already had my transplant for a year and a couple of months. And once you... I was instructed that with my transplant, I wear my face mask in public, <laughs> in groups of people. Uh, I travel with it. I wash my hands often, and, <laughs> and so it was basically like it happened. And I was already wearing my face mask. I was I already had that all the hand sanitizer, and yeah. so in in that aspect, my life really hadn't changed. And I and I and I write it off as a joke. as I I did it before it was cool, um, <laughs> but. I, i am a little bit i am a little more apprehensive about things if there are groups of people i will walk further away um i make sure that i i wash my mask far more often than i would you know consider i i switch them out if the companies that i of masks that i enjoy wearing i, yeah. I order them often and they say they can last three months, but I don't think breathing in the same thing for three months is good. And so, you know, there's a, a few more precautions. But, yeah, I mean, it's part of my life and it will be for the rest of my life, regardless if the pandemic was here or not. And so it's just one of those things you just add on to your life because, you know, you have to do it to stay healthy and you keep on going.
0: So you're kind of a mask hipster, Uh now, now we're all just all posers who are on who are, who are jumping on the bandwagon. Oh and, yeah,
1: I had yeah. I I had I had um. If uh, anyone would have told me, I would have told them exactly which one they needed and why and what size and then all that kind of stuff.
0: But so what's 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 the the main brand of the mask that you like? Do you know off the top of your head?
1: Yeah, so it's called Healthy Air Mask. That is my favorite. It's they have all different kinds, and then the other one that is a popular one amongst chronic ill, especially pa- chronic illness, especially kidney patients, is called Vogue, VOG V O G mask. Um, cool. They're a little bit more expensive, but you, they fit your face so well that it just you forget about wearing, like you forget you're wearing them. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's awesome and i mean i I feel like even i not i feel like I've read even after people get vaccinated, you know you should still be wearing your mask, so it it may be worth the investment, and I'm sure you know i my family's not from here, so when I get vaccinated, i'm gonna fly once they're vaccinated as well, and even on the plane, like I may be vaccinated, people around me may be vaccinated. I'm gonna have a mask, and if it's nice and comfortable yeah that that'll be okay.
1: Yeah, it, it helps make the experience a little better instead of always pulling at you. are like, it's pulling my ears or, you know, it's, it's always doing something funny.
0: Oh, yeah. No, there, there are some cloth ones that we bought off of Etsy that... It it almost felt like a torture device. It's like is this is this the scratchiest cloth you could find? So I'm you know very happy to support local small businesses and local businesses and that type of thing. But I'm definitely going to check out those masks because we we may be doing this for a little bit of time. Yeah. Um. And so uh, a question that I normally ask people is like, what's what's a product? that you use every day that you can't live without. And I'm going to take one answer off the table for you uh, because I think it's cheating. And that answer would be your, your pancreas, you know. So you, you can take that one off the table as one product that you use every day that you can't live without. Um, is there anything in managing your type 1 diabetes or, being, or having a, a transplant? Is there a certain product you use every day that is a lifesaver?
1: yeah and it's diet Coke
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that <laughs> no
1: so, you know that you the I mean there are just many things, and I have learned that things come and go, you can't always have the same thing, but my like my one thing that that is like oh like not an addiction but like that one little thing that you have to just have, like you know some people like chocolate, some people. Like a little bit of um, alcohol. My one thing is Diet Coke. I allow myself two Diet Cokes a day. It, it, I, it is like my little treat. It, I, ever since I was a kid, that was my thing. I seriously cannot live without it. And that, that, that is my choice. That is the product. That is my choice.
0: There's, there's nothing better than just like a Diet Coke from a fountain at like a movie theater or something. That is, that is my, you know, I'm, I, I have pots, so I'm a big salt guy. I have to have salt as much as possible. So, you know, the large popcorn is almost medicinal uh, as well as something I absolutely enjoy, but then just, Oh, I'm with you on the diet Coke. Yeah. And it, with it being diet, this is something that you can definitely have with your diabetes and all of that stuff. And it it doesn't mess with any of the levels or any of that. Is that right?
1: Yes. Now, of course, the, the, my kidney doctor says, "Please, you know, please don't. Caffeine is bad." And, but uh, I I allow myself two a day. I drink plenty of water. But I think, you know, that little vice is is what gets is. What I look forward to, gets me through the day. I'll take it.
0: And and if that's your biggest vice, you're a healthy guy to begin with, you know. Did looking you you exercise? I've seen very active pictures of you of hiking and biking and doing all that type of stuff, you know. So a diet coke, I, I think it's okay, you know. There where where we live, people do much worse. So I, I think you're absolutely okay with that one. Um, and so you you had uh, diabetes at a very young age, and uh, having it your entire life, are there any giant misconceptions that you've encountered from people who when you say oh i have diabetes or oh i have an organ transplant that they immediately jump to something and you're like whoa 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 not not that at all anything like that you've encountered yeah it and it's
1: this this comes out of just it's, it's, it's ignorance. It's not like willful ignorance. It, it's, you know, it's a situation like you, you wouldn't know what POTS was unless you knew someone with it or you had explained it to someone. It's the same True. thing with, with diabetes and um, all like all the, the gastroparesis all the stuff that comes with diabetes and then plus an organ transplant. You just say, Oh, I was, I was a diabetic. They assume you did it to yourself. You ate too much sugar, you didn't take care of yourself. You're just lazy. It, it, it comes with this connotation. And, um, even with the transplant, it's like, Oh, well, you know, you, you drank yourself to death and now you had to get a liver. And, and it, that is just the assumption that I think has been seen in movies and media, and they see it yeah. in their, their own life, where older people get sick because they didn't take care of themselves, and so that's the first thing that kind of jumps into people's minds.
0: That that's that's a really tough thing to to get over as well because it is so pervasive. When you do hear diabetes, I mean it's it's a it's a joke. It can be a punchline that people. You know, if you see somebody, it's we we're talking about sitcoms, you know, if you see somebody eating too much in a the sitcom, they'll be like, whoa, watch out, buddy, you're going to give yourself diabetes, you know, or do you see something, somebody drinking too much? And it's it's a quick, short punchline that people put in there, but it's like, oh, there's, there's a larger context here, everyone, that's a little bit more delicate than just, ha ha, joke, joke. It's like, no, you can be born with it. So
1: right, and the joke is there was this guy that did a commercial I think in like the, in the 90s, and he always said he would say diabetes, like oh B- Wilford like, Grimley. yeah the beatus, yeah. So that's kind of the joke is oh I'm gonna get the beatus and. <laughs> And you know, and I get it. It's funny, but um, it comes with it. It, it comes along with the line of, "Oh, I'm going to eat all this junk food and, and drink all this alcohol, and then I'm going to, you know, the punishment for it is beat us." And it's it's like, mm-hmm. no, it, that that it doesn't ha- it doesn't work that way for everybody.
0: What what bothers you more on a day to day basis is it the uh, do. You, With the organ rejection, is that something that bothers you on a day-to-day basis? Or is it more of a diabetes, which is a more of a maintenance thing? Does that question make sense?
1: Yeah. So I think it's important to point out that because I had the pancreas-only transplant, I am no longer dependent upon insulin. okay. Okay. However, I have 31 years of diabetes on my life that has done its toll on my organs on on everything and so th- with that comes a lot of other chronic illnesses and um a lot of neuropathy even if you're well controlled it just it takes time and so there there are those types of things and then but really what's always in my mind is if at the moment I, I don't feel normal it, what goes through my head is like okay what is my blood sugar? <laughs> I test my blood sugar because that is a tell of how things are doing just in my body. I, you know, did I take my medication? Because that is that without doing that, it can your organ will reject so quick. It's not even funny. Um It's the issues are usually with pharmacy and filling medication, which I'm sure a lot a lot of people can relate to. And then you know there are days where it's just like you don't feel good, and it can be from uh, from the issues from 31 years of diabetes. It can be from medication. It can just be that your body is just worn down, and you need to take a break. And and Mm -hmm. all of those things kind of come it come. come to a head all at once. But for the most part, I, my opinion of it is just like, okay, I, I'm going to deal with it. <laughs> um, if, it, if it's too much for me today, then I'm going to lay down. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to deal with it. If I think that it's like organ rejection or something like that going on, I'm going to do the steps to, to take care of it. I don't look at it. I don't have a victim mentality of it. I'm like, I'm going to conquer it. And we're going to keep going forward because, um, I didn't get this far by uh, just giving up and I'm not ready to do that yet.
0: Well, your energy is definitely infectious. Uh, this is why I'm very excited to have you on the program. Uh, infectious may have been the wrong word to use in this context, but your energy is definitely something that that permeates from your content and it's, it's definitely inspiring. And I, I really want to drill down on a, a couple of things you just said. So you were saying that you, when you first don't feel well or you feel like something's wrong or off, what is that for you? What, what are those symptoms? What is that feeling? Is that something you can even uh, put into words or is it just that medical sixth sense?
1: Yeah, so it's like... <sighs> So many years as a diabetic, you have high bl- blood sugars and you, you feel like crap. It, it's kind of like the Energizer Energizer bunny runs out of juice, right? Your, your brain and your body just don't work. And then also as a diabetic, you have the low blood sugars, where if you don't have enough energy in your body, your brain starts shutting down. And you just don't feel good. And both of them are signs and symptoms that your body isn't functioning correctly. And so similarly now, I get the same types of feelings where mm-hmm. mentally i'll have like brain fog i it kind of will feel like mud is running through my veins and i'm like well what like what is going on um, and things just aren't clear and so those on those types of days is where like, I'm alarmed. I'm like, this is not normal. This is not how I should feel. And that's kind of what what I mean by that. But like just common, like just common little things. I think we just get used to handling it. Like, and today is just an okay day, whatever, move on, move, move on. But on days when it, when it really is like, when you feel it a couple more times than, than twice, it's kind of like, okay, I need to just make sure, double check everything before I just let this thought go.
0: So what are those, what are those next steps? So if you're feeling a little off, uh, and you, you think in your head, it may be something with the, the organ rejection. Uh, you were saying there, there were steps you do afterwards. Uh, what are those steps that you, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, Getting into the minutia, I'm very interested in, in yeah. what you do with this. Uh, so, what are those those steps?
1: So the the first thing I do is I I make sure I I'm very very good at taking medication for my entire life. I have I don't have a problem, but sometimes you forget, and it could be that. So I always check that first. Then the mm-hmm. second thing I check if that if that is all good is I try to remember what I did the day before because did I push myself too far. Did I eat something that is not sitting well with me, or causing me sickness, or you know, could it be like a foodborne illness? Like the, I kind of go through all those things, and then um, I check my blood sugar to make sure that everything is good there. And l- luckily, it has been, which means to me that the pancreas is working at that okay. time um and then like kind of the steps i take is i start drinking a, a lot of water because i think okay flush my system get everything if there's anything in it causing it and then generally i will um if i have the time i will lay down and and recover and and try to feel better and a lot of times it passes it will it, all of a sudden it will just go away and i'll wham good to go again um But those are kind of like the steps of things that I take for when I don't feel well. And then, but then there are other signs and symptoms. Like sometimes I feel like my organ, (laughs) there's something going on there. And I'm like, well, what that, like, what am I supposed to do about this? And luckily you you feel strange things. Like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden there'll be like a jolt like it, it might be a muscle spasm or it, it might be something that, which is not normal uh, yeah. because there's a new organ there. And so uh, a lot of times if that happens, I'll, I'll watch it very closely. I won't like exert yeah. myself too much that day. Um, I do call the, a lot of things pop up. Like I've had shingles, I get weird colds like all these things come up. Right. And so yeah. I call, I call the transplant hospital doctors and they're like, um, they, you know, they call me right back. They're like, Oh, it's, you know, it's probably this, uh, well, go to your doctor and, and get, get the meds for that. You know, it, it's always something coming up. Um, but yeah. I like to know when it's something that's treatable as opposed to like, just this ominous, like what is going <laughs> on with me? I don't know. I've done all the steps I can. It's not, it's not so much of a pain where it's like take a pain medicine, take a pain medic. Uh, take a pain pill and it goes away it's something it's something internal and mental and it um and it's kind of about just like figuring that out calming yourself down and making sure that you have everything you need and i've kind of found that i've ran into an issue and that is that i'm never hungry (laughs) um and so um because the pancreas controls your hunger and your full feelings and because uh, the the one I was born with is dead it doesn't produce that and the one that I have transplanted isn't connected to the the right parts of my body that would send the the signals to my brain so the the default signal is that you're never hungry and so one of the issues that I run into is I forget to eat And forgetting to eat, you need energy. And so a lot of times I'll start feeling lethargic. And then I'll be like, what, what did I eat today? I'll be like, (laughs) nothing. So then I have to, then I have to eat. And and when you're not hungry, trying to eat is a challenge in and of itself. And then, then I'll start feeling better. So like, it can be a lot of, a lot of different things. and And I'm still learning how it all works.
0: Got it. So you're in this spaceship that has the one warning button that goes off and then you have to then go check everything else to be like, is it this, is it this? Yeah. So we, if only we could get specific alarms for you for different things, it'd probably save you a lot of time.
1: Yeah. But you know what? Every time it is a learning process because I'm like, okay, now I know next time, you know, this is going on. Um, but yeah, so, but th- that's a very good way to put it. It's just something, yeah, something goes off. Got I got to figure it out. Let's start taking it, let's start taking it apart one, one bit by bit.
0: <laughs> so when, when it does knock you down and you just feel like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to lay on the couch and I'm just going to uh, wait this out and rest and get some energy back. A couple just personal questions. Do you have a go-to television show? Is it The Office? Do you have a go-to meal afterwards that if you're like, oh, well, I need to eat some food, this thing helps me, and it tastes really good? Um, Do you have any of those type of habits that you've fallen into?
1: Yeah. So one of the strangest things that has actually helped me is I got a weighted blanket. Mm. Don't ask me why <laughs> but yeah. I'll, I'll lay down and i'll put that thing on and it i don't i don't know if it is good for you or bad but it it calms me down like it calms my mind down and yeah. then i put a fan on <laughs> to circulate air right and then i will I'll, I'll either listen to a podcast i'll listen to a book on tape uh or if um I want just something completely mind numbing that raises my spirits. I I watch The Office. Um that just Good. is basically on repeat for me and no matter <laughs> what it's always funny and it it allow and it, it passes the time fast enough where I don't feel like I'm just laying there and I'm I'm wasting time.
0: Mm-hmm. What's what are you listening to? What 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 podcasts are you digging right now? So
1: what the heck? I got it. Let me think. Let me come back to that because I I recently found one that I have really enjoyed a lot. Um, the sure. book, the book I'm listening to right now, I think is called The Seven Something Crows. <laughs> it's a story that inter- that intervenes. Um, that's oh. pretty good. It's sci-fi, um, maybe fantasy a little bit, and then nice. uh, I'll just really my the go-to podcast that I really love is. Um, he's a local guy here in Southern California. You might know him. His name is Phil Hendry. He used to have a radio show.
0: Yeah. He, oh, does, good.
1: he, he does all the voices um, mm-hmm. and it's a comedy so I can listen to it and laugh um, and not get too in depth into stories, but it's airy and light enough to kind of pass in
0: the time. He's a very funny dude. No, that's a, that, that's definitely something to raise your spirits. Yeah. Love him. So, This one's definitely, if those were personal, we're going to get a really personal on this one. All right. Um, So there, there are a lot of people out there who suffer from chronic illness. And a very tough thing for people to do is to be honest about the very weird, embarrassing things that happen. Of course, people want to talk about the top line things of like, oh, this happens, this happens. Uh, but there's always these underlining, embarrassing things that you're, it's late at night and you're Googling of like, is this normal? Is this a normal thing? So are there any weird, embarrassing, doesn't have to be too personal, but are there any weird, embarrassing things that uh, have happened with uh, your entire journey that other people may feel a little bit better knowing that they're not alone in experiencing that?
1: Yeah, I would say that. Probably there's there's a top two or three. The top first one is as a diabetic having a low blood sugar. um, You start you start acting like you're drunk. People assume you're drunk because your brain isn't working, and you need to find sugar. And so you you just know you have to do that. Whether you're in public, you're at a movie theater you pull over on the side of the road, you, you run into a gas station, you're at a friend's house, you, you, you literally are opening cupboards, going through refrigerators, finding juice, anything, and just drinking it and eating it to get that mm-hmm. blood sugar up. And you know that it's extremely odd and it is extremely embarrassing and it doesn't really go addressed. And then you feel embarrassed because you're like, what did I just do? Because your logical thinking is kind of going. And then as you come back, you're like, well, I'm so sorry. And people don't quite get it. Um, Now, with the transplant, the biggest biggest things and the strangest things are that I can't eat any undercooked or non-cooked food non cured cheeses. Um, I can't drink tap water. It has to be filtered. So like, if I go out to a restaurant, I'm like, uh, do you have bottled water? And people are like, what, like, what, why are you so fancy? Um, <laughs> no, and, I just want to live. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm like, I love steak and I'm like, I, you have to cook it well done. And they're like, what, you know? And so like little things like that. Um, are kind of what is now but the biggest i would say most embarrassing thing which this is every this this is pretty much every transplant patient anyone on auto i mean um, immunosuppressants and that is that it messes with your gi system to a point where you'll have explosive diarrhea all day no matter what and there are medications that help there are digestive enzymes that help but sometimes you just can't help it and you learn where those bathrooms are at and you <laughs> make the and you you do your best because it it is a problem
0: well, thank you very much for being that honest. Uh, I, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who have those same types of feelings, have that same thought process when they do experience that low blood sugar or have those GI problems. And it's it's something people go through. It's absolutely something people go through throughout the entire community. So it's it's really nothing to be embarrassed about. So, But thank you for your honesty. You, you didn't have to answer that, but we, we really appreciate that.
1: No, but that's the thing though. It's real life. You know, Mm -hmm. there are great, there are, you know, there are mountains and there are valleys and we got to take both of them at the same time. Not life isn't a fairy tale, You know what I mean? And, uh, it's okay to talk about that stuff and and be relatable to people.
0: Your, your positivity is something that definitely radiates through, uh, you've been through a lot, Um, this is probably a loaded question for you because you've probably learned so much from your chronic illness, but what has having these illnesses taught you?
1: This is something new that it has taught me. Um, and it has taught me that I, that it is okay to be vulnerable because until I reached the point where I had the kidney issue and the hypoglycemia issue where I needed the transplant. I was self-sufficient. You wouldn't mm-hmm. know I was a diabetic. I took care of myself. I was considered extremely healthy. I looked there was nothing wrong with with me. And then I reached a point where I couldn't I couldn't be self-sufficient. I couldn't do anything on my own and I needed help. And had I not gotten over that thought in my head where I this is embarrassing. I can't you know Just admitting needing help alone is very hard to do because who cares? Who's going to care if I need, like who, who, what business is it of other people to know that I need help? And that was, that really changed my life. When I asked for help, people showed up and helped me. And that is what completely changed everything about me. It changed how I think about the, how I thought about the world. It changed. um, It made me think that no one cared. Everyone was out for themselves to to show me that people actually do, not everybody, but people actually do care and they're willing to make an effort and to help. And um, that is the closest thing that I learned about having chronic illness and dealing with everything is that you, when you can't do it on your own anymore, it's okay to ask for help. That, that, that aspect of vulnerability is very hard to get over, but it's needed. And, um, and it's okay.
0: That's a fantastic message. And you, you definitely did find out that people cared, people cared to a tune of $250,000, for your transplant. Uh, so I'm going to take that answer off the table for you again. I'm handcuffing you uh, because this next question is about how you spend your money with your chronic illness. So there's going to be very few things that you're going to spend more than $250,000 on that that aren't a transplant. Uh, other than that, other than medication and medical bills and all of that stuff, uh what is the thing that you spend the most money on that helps your chronic illness i want
1: like i I want to say, oh like you know like there's this supplement that I really like and it's expensive I can't take it. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like to me i I have to take my prescribed medication and do my doctor's appointments so but what helps me manage my chronic illness what helps me feel good is to be active to go and Go on a hike and just go and see things, and, and spend. It's not expensive. Uh, I, I live. I, I live close to the ocean. I can go to the ocean anytime I want. I I live forty five minute drive from the mountains. I can I can go and enjoy that, and that is what I spend my my money on is going and doing those things. You know, I recently bought a new pair of hiking boots because I was like, my tennis shoes just aren't working anymore. You know, I I need to do something else. And so those little things, which, you know, I feel like I'm spoiling myself, but that's what provides me joy. And it really helps me heal and to get my mind in the right place and just to enjoy life more. And that's what I would, that's what I spend my money on.
0: Exercise gets those endorphins going, and it's as good for your soul as any type of medication and treatment and all of that. It's a, it's a very important uh, part of just the, the overall well-being uh, of someone. So with your you're your very outdoors person, uh, favorite place to go outdoors to exercise, to hike, to surf, to swim, uh, what's what's that place for you that you go to? And it's just that that feeling inside that calmness inside of like being one with nature.
1: <laughs> La Jolla Beach um, in San Diego is probably the it's in in Southern California. It is my favorite. It's a bit of a drive um, from where I live, but like the closest beach to where I live that I would say is close is Laguna Beach. Mm-hmm. um and it's just it's beautiful cliffs it's they have great waves you, you can you, you can surf in the morning you can just enjoy the whole day at the, in, at the beach and just seeing the ocean for how far it goes and the sail sailboats going by and the other people just enjoying nature is is um that's where it's at for me
0: that's awesome I I haven't been to La Jolla Beach. My my wife used to live in San Diego, and we've we've always talked about like oh we'll go t- down there and spend some time and travel around, and then we didn't, and the pand- pandemic happened, and then it's like uh we're now making a list of all the places <laughs> we're definitely going to go to the moment we can, and oh uh, that that's definitely going to be up there on the list. So you go to a lot of doctors' appointments, as do many people with chronic illnesses, um, it, it, procedures, all of that type of stuff. You went to Arizona for to the Mayo Clinic um, for for the the transplant. So, just in a practical term, do you have like a hospital go bag of like, you know, or what would be in there if you're like, oh, I'm. That kind of a, like a slight emergency. I may be in this place for a day, a couple of days, even a couple hours. What are those things that you grab and put in your backpack before you head out the door?
1: I actually have two that are constantly ready. Be, just because like last week when they called me inside, I needed to go in, be admitted to the hospital for my um, rejection treatment. I was like, okay, grab my bag, got in the car and I went. And what I keep in there are like like the simple things that really you really can't get there like a toothbrush uh, mm-hmm. like if you like the things that you, that they can provide for you but it's not the same the toothpaste that i like um simple toiletries and stuff like that and then uh i i always have to make sure that i bring like my ipad um, the the phone chargers. I have an external battery pack if I'm in the waiting room for too long, and very then important. very important. And then I bring very com- comfortable clothes, a pair of shoes, um, and then I, ha- I have to. I have like uh, medication. That is in all all the bags that I need, and um, oh, and a list of all the medication that I'm on. So it's it's just kind of like one of those things I can just grab and go. And then I have one that I keep in my car for appointments, which I also have a charger and I and for when I take my phone and 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 it has water and some snacks because you never know where you're going to end up, how long the wait is going to be, what's going to happen, and. And the biggest thing, though, is that medication um always having enough and a spare and a backup and because um, that's what that's what keeps me alive,
0: Dude, you are prepared <laughs> like and and I know that's something that you know you've learned and it had that preparedness is is what has brought you here today and You know, you're alive because of all of those type of things. But I'm very impressed. This is the first person I've talked to who's like, well, actually, it's a two-part answer. And I've got one here and one in the car. And it's like, this is, I love it. I, I love that mentality. I absolutely dig that.
1: Well, and it's easier for me to know that that's prepared as opposed to thinking, well, if this happens, oh, gosh, let me that's just my, my mentality. I would rather have peace of mind knowing I'm good to go as opposed to panicking in, in the moment.
0: Like, like I have at times running around the apartment of just like, oh, I need something. <laughs> I don't know what I need. And it's like, Oh, that's not helping with the medical emergency I'm having. <laughs> so you. yeah, no, that's, that's very smart. I need to, I need to take my own advice on that and, and do that. So I, uh, you we're both on Instagram and your, your Instagram's absolutely awesome. It's very positive. It's very honest. And it's a, a very good look into your life, uh, with living with these, uh, with the, the diabetes when, you know, and with the, the pancreatic transplant and your life since then. Um, but there has, there, there are sometimes there, there's bad advice out there, there are things that people read and and I've read at times and have cringed and it's like ooh don't do that like people is, is there any type of advice like that that you've come across where you're like where you would tell a new spoonie somebody new in the community like hey you know take this with a grain of salt
1: yeah I mean we'll just start with the classic um, when it comes to like diabetes everyone thinks that cinnamon. Is just going to be the cure because studies show cinnamon lowers blood sugars and since you're a diabetic and you you your blood sugar is high um, cinnamon is gonna fix it that's probably a very the most common one that's relatable with diabetics Cinnamon is great, but when your organ does not produce the enzyme and insulin that you need to survive, it ain't gonna fix you um, A lot of them are well why don't you just eat right uh, eat you know eat better, get on this medication oh you're just depressed, you don't really feel that way Do, um, I, I have a I, there's a big issue with I, I think doctors where they think it's a lot of psychosomatic things instead of investigating it or 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 bringing what you're bringing up to the table to other doctors who might know more than them um uh, and then anyone like new to the game they're going to tell you everything hey buy this program and if you do like these three sit ups a day and walk um 5000 steps then it's just going to go away cured and, and you're cured. It's just the simple thing. Oh, and by the way, get this juicer and drink celery juice with cayenne pepper, and you're gonna be good to go. And that stuff is around way too much. And mm. some of it is good advice, like getting out and, and getting exercise if you can. Great advice. But to say that it's going to just make your life night and day difference, it, it's not reality. There's so many facets and aspects that go into that 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 make your life better and it starts with understanding where you're at in life and being okay with that accepting whatever illness you have and understanding it better and then saying okay well like really deciding am i going to be a victim of my circumstance or am i going to step out and start conquering this aspect of, of where I'm at and take everything with a, take everything with a grain. It's all they, if someone tells you, Hey, if you only did this, you say, well, thank you so much. You know, I tried it. It didn't work. And, you know, instead of getting mad, it's just, it's about just, it it, it's about just being like, ah, you know, I tried it. It didn't work. This is what works for me. Have you tried this before? And and it's just, it, it it's kind of fun because when you kind of, when you accept the situation you're in, it makes it so much easier just to talk about it, to let things go, to, to um, bring up issues that you're having and to be a self-advocate. And, and all of that kind of comes with just that acceptance of, of, of the situation you're in.
0: I feel like that's. I'm, I'm going to speak for you. I feel like that's the secret sauce of your story and your attitude and what people can find on Instagram. Uh, there's there's an, an acceptance of it, but not an acceptance and then stagnant. There's an acceptance and then moving forward, and that's that's something that I dig. That is, that's, you know, my vibe. I want to you know, keep on moving forward. I want to find things that work. It's personal experimentation. So, you know, I'm I'm going to keep experimenting. And it's not until a certain day. It's until. We're just going to keep answer. on going, keep on moving forward. And so yours is definitely an Instagram that inspires a lot of people. Uh, is there an Instagram account that you... Love somebody that you you definitely have the notifications on when they post, somebody that speaks to you some who who inspires you so
1: the the thing that I find most amazing with Instagram is. There are a lot of people out there that have a similar attitude to me that, that, that have gone through the same types of processes and all of those types of things. One of them that brings them together. That is really cool where I find people is chronic love club. That's one of the, that that's, it's a big one. It's one that, you know, I've been able to be a part of and you know, that's just like a shameless plug, like check it out because you're going to find any, whatever you think you have that is so unique there are people on there that they that they feature every single day that have been through the same exact thing, and then the other person is a diabetic. And hold, and I I am sorry because I I forget. Sadly, Instagram deleted his thing, and now um, he he's back. But he is he is what what I would say, he's he is the the most kind person. Everything he posts is motivational, inspirational he, it's, it's no BS with him. He'll just, he says it like it is. And if you message him, he messages you back and you're just like, like, why are you so cool? And his, um, his handle is Warren W A R R E N underscore V D underscore V D. And yeah, he, um, he had a very large account, and then I don't know what happened. This happened to a lot of people recently, where they just it, they got yeah. deleted. Um, yeah. And so he started over, and he's like, "Ah, I'm just, I'm just starting over." He's the same person uh, today or tomorrow, and uh, he's into fitness, and he, and um, he'll show you exactly what's going on. And if you if you ask him a question, he'll answer it, and it's always just positive stuff. And he has a really cool girlfriend, and like. He lets her um, do his injections, and it's so funny because he's just sitting there knowing that she's doing it wrong, and then he'll be like, "Well, <laughs> just do it higher." And it it just it's a really fun thing, and, and to me, it's it's inspirational, and it gives me something to look forward to. And I would, if for anybody, whether you're diabetic or not, check that account out because it'll just it's funny and it just motivates you because the, uh, it's a it's a it's a
0: neat account. Oh, that's awesome. No, I'd i follow Chronic Love Club, but I'm gonna have to find uh that other guy on Instagram. He he sounds right up my alley. I I love finding people like that. So you've you've recently written a book that when does it come out?
1: Okay. I wrote this book Not out of like, ooh, I need to write a book to share my story. It was after a doctor saw me. And um, it was one of the doctors I first saw for my transplant. And when she walked in the room, she started crying. And she essentially told me that I was a zombie and she didn't expect me to live uh, long enough to receive the transplant. And so she said whatever it was that motivated me. And, you know, knowing about my story and how, like I had my service dog and and all that kind of stuff. She goes, you need to put that in words, what it was that what it was that like, what was it in your childhood that brought you to this part? And like, what is it that moves you now? And so I was like, eh, I don't want to do that. And then all of a sudden I, I kind of I got like this wild hair up my ass and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to outline it if I were if I were to do it. Mm -hmm. And I did, and I did that. And then I filled it in. And then, and so it kind of just started that way. And um, when I started telling more people about my story, they were like, well, they want more details. And that's what, and so that's what's in the book. The book Mm -hmm. was supposed to come out this past summer. It's all done. Like we're ready to go. A publisher said we want to release it. But I was like, I can't go out and speak to people. The whole point of this was to go show like, Hey, I overcame the impossible and so can you. I want to meet people, I want to see people. I don't want to put this out and just have it there for no, you know, for no reason. Mm-hmm. So, the release date is hopefully June of 2021. That is what we're shooting for. Really? Whatever ends up happening, I I don't know, but maybe by then we'll know more and it will be a little more open where we can I can meet people, and we can go and speak and stuff like that. but if you want to know more about it, you, you can sign up for my mailing list. I don't send you anything except just a few messages and it will be updates about the book um and the the point of the book is it's it's all the hardships that I had been through, and the things that I overcame and um the the, the appreciation that you can see through your journey in life that you can't really pick up as you're going through it but looking back you can see that big picture
0: and and you're definitely t- going to talk in the book about uh the the roller coaster of a ride that you've definitely been on um the uh, if if you're unfamiliar with the story uh, definitely go try and find uh, somewhere where Brandon is is talking about it. He's, he's on some great podcasts and it's some fascinating stories. And those are definitely the, the most uh, powerful stories are definitely the lows of a roller coaster where you're at the bottom. But the good thing is that the momentum brings you back up to the top. And you're at the top right now and you're able to talk to me, which is absolutely fantastic. When you're at the tippity top, when that momentum brings you all the way to the top of the roller coaster and you are feeling good, what do you prioritize with your time? What do you do in those moments?
1: Whatever makes me happy because every day is different some days, you know, you're high, some days you're low. I don't really know, but I, I prioritize it. I, I get what I need done. <laughs> the, you know, I have things scheduled and planned that I have to get done, but after that I'm gone. Um, and that could be me. That could be me at the beach. It could be me catching a boat to go, um, fishing. It, like it's, it's really just about me getting out and just enjoying nature. It's like this it's like this newfound enjoyment of just what the world has to offer. And because I can't just jump on a plane and go somewhere for the weekend, I, I'll go do a weekend trip out, you know, um, in the mountains and I'll find a place to camp or just that is kind of what I end up where I am right now with that. That'll change as time goes by. But right now, that's what, that's what, ret- what gets me to enjoy that high and make the most of it.
0: Well, I, I'm so happy that you spent some of that high today talking here with us, uh, spending an hour of your time. Uh, I could continue to talk to you for the next three hours because your story is that impressive. Uh, not impressive. Your story is that powerful i 'm um, really excited for when the book comes out. please keep me posted uh, on any of your speaking tours and anything like that we'd love to help signal boost it as as much as we can uh, because it is a very powerful story and you're you 're a great ambassador and i'm i 'm very happy to find other advocates and uh, if if you want to follow Brandon on Instagram again, it is Brandon Mao official on instagram and Brandon, thank you so much. It was great getting to know you and talk to you today.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. It, it, I, it, it's nice to talk to someone who really understands the, the point of view of, of chronic illness, and I, re, I really appreciate it.
0: Well, it comes from, as we both know, many, many years of experience. So <laughs> this is the, you know, it, it, the chronic illness made us. And, but we're, we're trying to do some positive things with it, which, you know, thank you for, for adding to that positivity.
1: Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate it so much.
0: Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this week's episode of the Chronic Illness Playbook. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, we really wouldn't mind if you left us a positive comment and reading. You can find more information about the podcast at Chronic Illness Playbook on Instagram or visit us at ChronicIllnessPlaybook.com. Well, that's it for me today. I really appreciate you spending some time with us. And until next time, see you real soon. Chronic Illness Playbook podcast is for informational and or entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The information about products and services contained on this podcast does not constitute endorsement or recommendation by the Chronic Illness Playbook. The Chronic Illness Playbook is not responsible nor liable for any advice, course of treatment, diagnosis, or any other information, services, or products that you obtain through this podcast.